answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Glad you are here. With us as uh, we talk about financial matters, and uh, we are just a few days away from Christmas. And uh, yes, I don't know why that has to do with the, this program, other than the <laughs> fact <laughs> that, that it does occur every year, right around this time, Christmas and the program. Yes, my wife was telling me the history of the date um, in the, the first century. It was, they start celebrating around Christmas time to be near the winter solstice. The, the winter solstice uh, for the pagans to. Yeah. Um, have the pagans accept Christianity better, so they took a lot of the pagan holidays, and that's how they... Where'd Santa come from? I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't actually know where Santa... <laughs> this is not a well, program. No, no, uh, and the reason I know that is um, I've been a practicing Catholic for years and years, and a number of years ago, I, a few years ago, I read this book called Why Do Catholics Do That? It talks about oh, a lot of the traditions in the Catholic Church. Um Anyway, it's quite interesting. So I understood a lot of the rituals much better after I read the book, Why Do Catholics Do That? Having been raised as a Catholic for 45 years, I thought I should dig into it. <laughs> well, there we go then. So we are celebrating Christmas this time of year to bring Christianity to the pagans. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Thank there you. we go. <laughs> Anyway, this is a financial show. We talk about financial matters. Uh, and if you would like to be a part of the program, our number is 833-99-WORTH. And our numerically, that number is 833-999-6784. And we're going to take phone calls. And we will take your calls, yeah. With financial and, uh, questions and The one thing I've IRAs. enjoyed the most about um, this COVID season. Okay, what? Is not having to go to any stores to go Christmas shopping. I've gotten pretty good over the years. I've told my wife that I just, I'm happy to shop online. Yes. But this year, you didn't zero. even have to, you no, didn't have not, to try. It's not safe. I mean, it's about safety <laughs> you first. You didn't even have to try. <laughs> I don't even, this year, I didn't even have to pretend. No, no, it was I really kind of nice shopping. Thing. Hey, uh, before we take the calls, there was a, um, I read this, I thought it was pretty interesting. And I'm talking, I think it's a good time of the year to bring this up because it has to do with charitable giving and how charitable giving is way up this year. Uh, <laughs> during the first half of 2020, as an example, Charles Schwab saw a 46% increase uh, in dollars granted to uh, through their charities compared to the previous year. Their donor advised funds. Through their donor advice fund. Uh, Vanguard's charitable fund saw a 51% increase in 2020. That's significant. That's Those are deposits into. Correct. Up 50% from the previous year. Wow. That's uh, significant. Most, um, a lot of the money has went to uh, food programs. And I, I mean, I just saw a picture just a few weeks ago about these lines. Of, I mean, food shortage is becoming a major issue. And so at, looking at Fidelity's charitable, the, uh, if we look at the, the uh, money that went to food, this was uh, through May of, of 2020. So it, in, in 2019, there was about just under 10 million went to free food programs. It increased to 75 million. So the, uh, you, you know, when you think about this, there is a large percentage of the population that has been affected because of loss of income, labor, financially, but then there's a large percentage of the population that has more net spendable disposable it's income now time. than they've ever had. I was having this conversation with my brother-in-law last week. I said, look, he's like, what are you talking about? I said, what are you talking much? about? Well, he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I go, you and your, my brother-in-law sister, you haven't been affected by this at all, but your spending has gone down significantly. I said, let me just tell you what you're not spending money on. You're not 
driving to work. You're not going out to eat. You're not vacationing. You're not traveling. No and, clothes. And he said, not, he said clothes and even dry cleaning. He said, we don't get our, I, I never, my dry cleaning bill last month, I think it was like $18. I yeah. said on the credit card statement. I'm like, yeah. so it, what it does is allows, uh, people that are, you know, they have more net spendable income because their expenses are down to help these charities. And I have, uh, a long experience, you know, that Scott with the Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services, and Pat was the chair for years. Oh yeah, yeah, ten years. I left the board a couple of years ago, but in April, I went back to the food bank at the very beginning of this, and they were really, really struggling. And I uh, and my wife underwrote a marketing campaign to raise money for the Sacramento Food Bank, um, and then we went to a. Um, marketing firm in Sacramento, Runyon Saltzman, great firm, and asked them if they would put this in place. And they did it all for oh. free, the whole bit, every part of it, designed a marketing campaign. Wow. Uh, to Because at the beginning of the pandemic, <clears throat> the food banks didn't know how they were going to yeah. There was no money coming in. Uh, the need was overwhelming. Um, and uh, as a result of that, we ran this campaign. So I gave the money for all the marketing. It wasn't Going to the food bank, it was all directed in public service announcements. Please, please, please help. And because of that, the, actually, the food bank has weathered this really well. They've been able to serve, and this is just Sacramento, but they've been able to serve everyone that's needed it, uh, which was at the beginning in April. We didn't think that was going to wow. be the case. It's been – yeah, it is. A, it, it, there are some really hurting families. It's um, awful. It's Cause, terrible because the shutdown, as we all know, mostly affects those that um, the service jobs that yeah. have no choice. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a busboy. Yep. You're a waiter. You're a dishwasher. You're a line cook. You work, right? So these people have two jobs, and now they've got no jobs. You work in a hotel. Oh, right. Anything having to do with travel. I, I've made a personal habit of over tipping to everybody. Actually, <laughs> when I because I still go out to eat on it's when I could, right? Yes, because <laughs> there's a period of time, uh, and I've I've stayed at hotels a few times. And oh, I you just, have, yeah. And you just tip well, yeah, just yeah, because you can. And at your point, I'm not spending. I'm not, oh. I'm not, actually, my wife and I got in this conversation. We went out to eat, and I left a, um, a handsome tip. Yeah, for it's well, just, you remember what it's like. Oh, you were a waiter in college. I right? told if, if I was in college today as a waiter, I don't oh. know what I'd I'd do. I'd probably end up um, driving a truck or doing construction or whatever. You you, you, you do whatever out. you're not going to you gotta do. You're not going to starve <laughs> anyway. Um, back to the ch the charitable stuff. Uh, so two third. Here's what's interesting: these donor advice funds. We've talked about it before. Look, there's still time between now and the end of the year. Two-thirds of the contributions to Charles Schwab's uh, charitable fund were non-cash assets. As they should be. Mostly publicly traded uh, securities and some restricted stock. Um, and uh, the, all the big donor advice funds work similarly. You can don't uh, contribute. It's a phenomenal— You can even contribute land. You can uh, contribute real property. Though. Oh, yeah. You can contribute just about anything to these things, um, and you you can give them give the, you put it in the donor advised fund. You have a time to give it away over many. You years. receive it's the like, tax deduction it's like a, today. It's like a it's like a family foundation without all the headache. They're great. They're great. Yeah, I've used them for years. Anyway, just I saw that story and I thought I'd I'd bring that up briefly. So uh, let's uh, let's take some calls here. Where'd my little sheet just go to? There it is. <laughs> We're gonna talk with. Uh, let's start off here with Eric. Eric, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, my question is regarding when to consider drawing Social Security to begin drawing. Uh, my wife and I have always been under the impression that if uh, we could live comfortably, we should defer taking Social Security until age 70 to take advantage of the delayed retirement credits. But on a recent podcast, I thought I understood you to say that if you uh, could live comfortably without it, you might actually consider taking it sooner because you might be subject to means testing and thus experience a reduction in the benefits. I wondered if you could elaborate a little bit on your on that concept. Yeah, so what – and this is a thesis. That's right. But <clears throat> it is – it's based in historical precedent. So the, the, the you went through a mathematical equation – 
to de- and and determine for yourself that it would make more sense for you to wait, assuming you lived a normal life expectancy, and I'm sure you've thought about that, thought, ah, you would probably have a normal life expectancy. So assuming you live a normal life expectancy, it pays to wait until age 70, right? Correct. Uh, assuming you live a normal life expectancy, the cutoff point's 80-some-odd years old, and then you'll you'll be in the money because um, you'll have to defer those years between age normal retirement age and age 70. That assumes that the benefits are never going to change for the rest of your life. That nothing changes. Tax law doesn't change, and your benefits don't change. But here's what we know. When I entered this industry 30 years ago, all of Social Security came to every individual that applied tax-free. You get it? You can make $2 million a year. You're not going to pay a dime on Social Security. 27 years ago, 26 years ago, they started taxing 50% of incomes at uh, incomes of over $32,000 for a couple, 25 for an individual. By the way, not indexed for inflation. That's right. They started taxing 50% of that. <clears throat> of Provisional that income. income, which they even cl- included the social security, uh, half of the social security. To come yeah, up. and tax-free uh, and municipal bonds. Bond. Yeah, yeah right. so they created this whole new... Up until that point, this provisional income didn't That's right. didn't even exist. So they created this provisional income, and they'd add it back to you, and then you'd pay taxes on that. And that went pretty well. And no uproar. And then the next thing they said, well, okay, let's start taxing 85% of provisional incomes at was $44,000 a year for a couple, not indexed for inflation. So what is that? That's means testing. The government gives with one says, hey, if you're over a certain limit of income, we're going to take some of that benefit back from you in the form of taxation. That's what they're doing today. That's what they do today. So if you were looking at, if, think about this if you were going to go buy a security. You're going to give a, a lump sum of money in exchange for that future payment. And what you're doing now by deferring, you're essentially, you are giving up some money in exchange for a future payment. You would at least do some analysis to say, what is the surety that I'm going to receive those dollars year one, year two, year 10, year 20, year 30, right? And, of course, the farther you go out, the more it's kind of accepting. So who is it that decides how much people should get for Social Security? Right. And so that's Congress. That it's, it's the government body at that point in time. At that point in time. That point in time. But what we do know is that if they all of a sudden said incomes of over a hundred thousand, you're only going to receive X amount of social security. And it's, by the way, it's going to drop every year based upon this formula that the next administration, the next Congress isn't going to come around and probably reverse that to actually give you more benefits. So we have no idea, but what's going to happen in the future, but we just look at probabilities. Right. So what will your income be in retirement without Social Security benefits? Uh, well, our, uh, our RMDs would be probably about, um, let's see, well, we'll have about uh, a million two in pre-tax income. Okay. So, so let not, me ask net, you. not net worth. How old pre-tax are you today? income. Yeah. How old are you today? Uh, well, my wife will be 62 next year. I'm 59. So is she working I, I, outside the home? Yes. Well, yes. It, it, so I mean, you, you can't really take it until you hit your normal retirement age. But if I were 59 years old and figuring I was going to have a million dollars a year of income, I would take it as soon as I could. As soon as uh, it didn't affect my earned income, right? So when you when you receive eat, eat, your, nor- eat your normal retirement age, normal retirement age, or if you quit working earlier, working earned income, then I would take it earlier. But if my income was that high, I would take it as Absolutely. fast as I possibly could. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I might have misspoke. That was not our, our income. That's just our pre-tax assets. Okay. That's what I, that's why I asked. What will your income be in retirement once you quit working? At full retirement age combined, about 132. I'd still take it. At I'd, full retirement age? I, yes, I'd I take would. it as soon as I possibly could if I was not working. Okay. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Let's assume that um, AOC is the Speaker of the House. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. And, and they're looking at Social Security as a problem. It's eight years down the road, 10 years. In 10 years, it's... If, and Kamala if, is president. <laughs> not, look, at nothing... <laughs> It, it, the way it's structured now, 
if there's no if Congress doesn't act, there'll be an across the board cut in benefits of about twenty seven percent. And that means the, the 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 little widow in a in a in a in low income housing whose six hundred and twenty one dollar Social Security check doesn't even pay pay for her. She's going to go needs. to four fifty, and that's the news story. And who's going to be walk, looking out for for Mark for his hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar? I'm sorry, Eric. For his $120,000. Yeah. Everyone's going to be concerned about Eric getting his full Social Security benefit. He, I that's see 10 it. years. I could see it in the press. This isn't 30 years. This is 10 years. I could see how that's going to play where these, a bunch of retirees that are making $130,000, $150,000 a year are going to complain yeah. that their Social Security Here, benefits it, are going to be. That pays for my gas for my motor coach. You take that away, how am I going to be able to take my motor coach cross country? Yes. Those Airstreams don't run themselves. <laughs> Right. That's why you take it as early as you can. Yep. That's our opinion. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. And thank <laughs> right. you so much for your time. Thank right, you, thanks. Eric. It is bizarre. I mean, that's just what I would expect it. Well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or last week on our show where this one proposal is out there that it's just a flat number for everyone. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen, but <clears throat> I might because it does effectively the same thing. It lowers the high end and it increases the, the lower that would end. Be even a further, it would have to be a much further reduction on the high end. A real reduction on the high end. And there are people that have high... Um, you take someone who deferred to... Like, let, yeah, you've seen them $2,800 a month. Yeah, right. Maximum benefits. Yeah. Yeah. But it might be their only income. Okay. I doubt... I, you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm no, going to go I mean, along with that. <laughs> I'll go along with that. <laughs> 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 they my made, point the, is, they my made the maximum income. They, they deferred till seven. But they, here, wait, here's what we do know. Look, but before the, the the this COVID issue, before this came to be, it was the Social Security trust fund was scheduled to run out either somewhere between the uh, years of 2012. I'm sorry, 2020, 2032, and 2034. It's now the estimates moon moved up to 2030. Nine. Right. Years from now. And it, it could quite so, possibly, I, the longer this goes on, uh, the greater that it, that number comes down, that it's 2028. 20, because there's no money going into, and by the way, people will start, if you lose your job at 62. That's, you'll you just, start taking it. You'll start taking it. Even though you had every intention of working until 65 or 66, you'll start you, taking you it. You see that now. People. That's what? So it taxes the system. If you've lost your job, you might want a different pot of money, file for disability insurance to see if you're going to get that. That's a different pot of money altogether. Yeah. Well, who knows? But you could actually see, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a reduction in the next four years, given, given the amount of deficit spending we've been doing, given this pandemic, trying to come up with some money somewhere. There's already been people in Congress saying if someone making over 100 grand a year in retirement doesn't need Social Security. Chris Christie said it when he ran for office. Chris Christie said it. Yeah, not, it's not, not just the left, left Back wing. in the olden days when he hated Trump. <laughs> That's right. Well, he might again. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's uh, continue on. Let's talk with Mark in Colorado. Mark, you with All Worth Money Matters. Hey, Scott and Pat, I really appreciate this show. Thank you. Hey, a quick question is, uh, I actually live in Utah, not Colorado, oh, but sorry. my wife and I recently moved here to uh, Utah, and we chose to rent as opposed to buy a house because we were unfamiliar with the area. Makes sense. My question start, yeah. is, we over the years, we've sold uh, three homes, and every time we sell a home, we've had a gain, and I put it into a separate account. That account has grown to $340,000 with a basis of $207,000. Okay. We're getting ready to buy a house. Uh, approximate cost probably about $500,000. I'm trying to figure out what's the best strategy to um, pay for this house with that account that I have. Obviously, I could plunk down a, a lot of that, but I would pay a lot of taxes and stuff like that. Is Let me ask you this. Strategy is, I should, is every... Yeah piece of that portfolio that you that's in there today would you buy that same security today it's all in the s&p 500 oh, okay. so yes i would okay got it and then and you're you're 100 certain your full cost basis with reinvested dividends and yeah, capital that's, that's, gains that's, that's, yeah, is 207 today, could be worse correct? i mean it could be more gain than that yeah that sounds about right okay. yeah that's 
Nope, I'm, I'm pretty confident with those numbers. Okay, and what's the other assets that you're looking at? So uh, my wife and I have a Roth IRA. Between the two of us, we have Roth IRAs uh, of a million dollars. Um, I have a traditional IRA of uh, $535,000. Uh, my wife has a 403B of $70,000. Um, I have a military pension of $55,000 or $55,000 a year. And my wife uh, currently works uh, $45,000 a year. And how old are you? I am 54. Any money in the bank? Yeah, we have 60000 in cash. Sorry. What did you say the house was going to uh, cost? Five hundred thousand. But so you 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 put did you put some money in later? Can you in other words can you identify some shares and sell your more recent contributions? I could yes. And how much would that be? Do you have you looked into that? I have not. So I don't I don't know those numbers off the top of my head. That's what I would do. How much is the house going to cost? Five hundred. Okay. Five hundred thousand. And do you plan on going back to work? You said you're fifty. 54. I'm kind of, I would call semi-retired, so I'm doing a couple side hustles, but nothing, no, no, no more grind for me. Got it. Uh, you got the side I, hustle. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, so you're 53, is that you said? 54. 54. All right. 54. I'm, I'm 54 as well. All right. So I'm trying okay. to think, I'm in your position. You're going to get a side hustle like Eric or Mark? You're going to get a side hustle? I don't know if I'd use that term because I don't well, know what you're what referring he, to. That's what he called it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would sell those. I would sell that S and P fund half this year and half in the, like the next week, right? And then half in January. Actually, I would do the tax calculation, run the tax calculation calculation beforehand. Most of this, most you're okay. going to be able to get some of this, maybe even at a fifteen percent. Uh, it'll be at a. It'll all be at fifteen percent plus the. Just the gain portion. I mean, this is why you say this is why That's you put right. money in this account. That's right. That's and then right. you don't because having a big mortgage payment, you don't want to have to have a big mortgage payment every month. Yeah, it's gonna be a drag. And then what that, happens? Yeah. If, then what happens if your wife when your wife quits working, or if there's a health issue and she can't work anymore, or you lose your side hustle? Sure. Yeah, I agree with Scott. I'd run what the are, numbers. I, seriously, I would run the numbers now, this weekend or Monday, if you don't, if, and, and run the numbers and see how what of the what percent of this should you sell this year? What should you sell next year? I would I would liquidate 100 percent of it. I'd put all that pro pay the tax. Uh, it's not going to be that bad. It's just that gain. Fortunately, it's capital gain tax rates, and if you do the calculation, you can spread it uh, over those those two calendar years, uh, and then. Having as small as mortgage as possible. Would you get a thirty-year fixed rate? Yeah, I'd get a thirty-year fixed rate. I'd Probably. get a thirty-year fixed rate. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe you had a side it? hustle you can, can pay down. Can I give you another thought here? What yeah. if sure. I just paid uh, a down payment of a hundred thousand, so twenty percent, so I don't pay any PMI, and so I take out a loan of four hundred thousand dollars, and I kind of just use this other account as kind of a sinking fund over the years. It just kind of pays for itself because it's it's doing a lot better than the current interest rates. It did. It did a it lot did, better. Yes. It's not doing anything. Um, yeah, I mean that. So essentially, that is. Uh, it, I mean, you're, you'll earn more long term in the S and P 500, but you're going to have some pretty wild rides along the way. And I'm just thinking about yeah. from and, your own cash flow, what's coming through the house. Is that what you? Yeah, because then you've got to. What you're doing is you're talking now actually about leveraging your home, because essentially what you told us is that you rolled all your gain into this account over time, right? Right. And you took that gain uh -huh. and you invested it in the S&P 500 and you were going to use this at some point in time to buy another house, correct? Correct. Okay. So it would be the equivalent of you paying cash for a house and then taking a loan out on the home and buying the S&P 500. Would you do that? No, never. No. So that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, so your original thesis or your basis for saving the dollars is exactly what I just described. Right. Right. So if you're comfortable taking a loan out on your house, because it's the same By thing. By the way, a capital gain is always better than a capital loss. And I totally understand why you're in this predicament. I mean, I get it, right? No one wants to pay taxes when you don't have to. And you're thinking this would be, feels like a voluntary tax. But, but, but Scott, but Scott, but think about this, right? Excuse me. Think about it. How is your Roth IRA allocated? Is it all 100% equities? 
Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's all 100% equities in the Roth IRA. Yes. And your IRA has 100% equities in it as well? The traditional or the Roth? Your traditional. The traditional is all in, uh, in bonds. Okay. So here's... Here's what you if you want if you want to hold your position, if you want to hold your position in the market, increase, sell, increase the equity exposure inside your IRA and sell the, the S and P five hundred off on your uh, in your brokerage account, and you're going to get to the same place. The only downside is you got to pay okay. the, you got to pay the tax man that that's right the toll. Alrighty, I would do it though. Got it. I, I think you'll feel. By the way, if you the smaller the mortgage you have, the, I think the more confident you're going to feel during the next major downturn with the stock market. That's coming at some point in time. I maybe who knows when, but at some point in time it'll be there. The smaller the mortgage you have, the more confident you're going to feel, and the better I believe the better you'll do by weathering that storm. So anyway, glad you called, Mark, and uh, certainly wish you uh, and your family uh, well. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we will continue on with some more calls. You're listening to All Worth Money Matter. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat, Pat McLean. Thanks for uh, sticking with us. Yeah. Glad you're listening right around Christmas time. Yes. And all that. And we hope it is good for you and your family. Yes. It's another strange season because... Who visits? Who doesn't visit? We're going to stay away from all that. But yeah, uh, we were going to have Santa come over, but not a chance now. Well, you can't put out the cookies <laughs> and, and uh, milk. That's right. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Anyway, hey, uh, on to a little bit more serious things, um, the number of people that are actually going into retirement earlier than they had expected uh, because of the COVID and the coronavirus um, is astounding. Um, putting more pressure on, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, Social Security. But there was, uh, this was a report from the Schwartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis, whoever they are. Um, 2.9 million workers ages 55 to 70 have left the labor force since March. That is and Between the ages of 55 and 70, right? They say with the same pace over the next three months, they're expecting another 1.1 million workers in that age group to leave the workforce. That would be over 4 million people leaving the workforce between age 55 and 70. Look, it's fine if you've got the financial resources to fully retire. And you were planning on it if it was part of the process. But if you move those years up three four, five years prior to when you were, it is, it, it, it will make for a significant change in lifestyle. Um, that's why when we talk about savings for retirement, we talk about being prepared, not necessarily that you want to retire, it's that you should be able to retire, right? Because what we do know is historically approximately 48% of people enter retirement before they expect it to. That's right. <clears throat> Roughly one in two of you will retire before you had planned. And part of it is the economy, work, changes in job status, education of you or a loved, or excuse me, education, uh, disabilities or sickness for you or a loved one. And so if you find yourself forced into early retirement, we'd strongly suggest you go talk with a qualified advisor who uh, specialize in retirement, who can help you navigate through some of these things. Because there's going to be some decisions that are irrevocable. Yes. How you choose a pension. Uh, maybe there's a lump sum. It's just a handful of irrevocable decisions. And it's also, what can you actually afford to take out? How are you going to, can you, is retirement realistic? How it should be invested? If By the way, if they mention an indexed annuity <laughs> run that's not a quality. run that is not a yeah. you want a fiduciary advisor who's a fee-based advisor that is going to charge you a fee for financial plan and for managing your money yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's take some. That's depressing. <laughs> it is a little depressing. Yeah, and I know people. We've got clients. Same thing. Oh, happens. Yeah, absolutely happens. So let's uh, let's take some calls here. Uh, let's start with Suzette. Suzette, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, how are you today? Hi, Suzette. What can I we do for you? I have a very quick question. I have a very quick question for you. I think probably first I should tell you a little bit about our situation and then ask my question. Please. It's actually a, a two-parter, and then you know I'll, I'll just be quiet and let you take it from there. My husband and I both have pretty significant 401ks. We have enough income. We don't need those funds to live off of right now. He's 69. I'm 63. Our home is paid off. We have no debts. But I'm concerned about a change in a recent law regarding inherited 401ks and the rules around required withdrawals from those inherited accounts. You mean you can't so stretch question, them out any longer and it has to be distributed within 10 years? Yes. And can, can you just tell me a little bit more about that and what we can do now to try and minimize taxes to our heirs down the road? Yeah. I mean, it used to be that you can stretch these out over um, – uh, how many children do you have? Just one. Okay. So it used to be that someone would inherit a retirement account. And that child could stretch out the distributions based upon their life expectancy. So if they're 40 years old, they might have a 40-year life expectancy. So they, the first year, they'd have to take out 140th of the account, the next year 139th of the account, and they could essentially just have the account to spread out over the remaining um, life. The change that occurred is going forward when people inherit retirement accounts like this, non-spousals, non-spouses, the, the account must be distributed within 10 years. Now, they don't have to take out necessarily one-tenth each year, but the account must be distributed within a 10-year period of time. Okay. So if you died, let's say, with a million dollars in a retirement account and your child inherited, they'd have to take out essentially $100,000 a year. That's going to then get added under your other in, their other income. So did you say you are retired today? She didn't yeah. state. Okay. And your income is coming from where? Pension? Uh, my husband has a pension and Social Security. I have Social Security. And because we're debt-free, that covers our bills. Okay. And so uh, how much is your approximate income, including the Social Security and your husband's pension, on an annual basis? Uh, about just just under eight grand a month. Okay. So you want to... One of the ways that you can do this is look to see if a Roth conversion makes sense for you between now and the age of 72. On your okay. account. Are you taking money from those accounts now? No. Yeah. The, yeah. There might be room for a little bit, maybe 20 grand a year or something. Something. But it's something that would help you because you're in a low, you could be in a low tax bracket, you're in a 12% federal tax bracket, and then it bumps up to 22%. So between now and the right. time you hit um, the Roth conversion, could have a certainly, I mean, the requirement of distribution age. Yeah. It gives so you an opportunity. You've got a couple of years to play with there between now and eight. And what's the approximate 401k balances? Um, each, each of us are, uh, well, mine, mine's over a mil and his is slightly under. Okay. So 2 million total. Right. So yeah, you can play with that. And then once uh, he starts his required minimum distributions, any money that goes to charity should come and directly out of uh, his IRA. <clears throat> what state does your child live in? We're, we're all in California. And is everyone staying in California long term? That remains to be seen, but for now, yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, because that makes a difference because the California tax rates are high and some states are zero. So so you wouldn't do the Roth if you were yeah. planning on moving out of state. So there's really not a lot you can do other than the Roth conversions. And you should sit down with your advisor or um, – tax uh, accountant between now and the end of the year in order to determine what that amount should be. Yeah, you probably it won't be a lot. Mm -hmm. won't be a lot, but it'll be something. And then do it for next year. And then um, age 72, um, required minimum distributions. Any money that goes to charity comes right out of his um, 401k IRA. Okay, so, so there's no limit on what we can convert to a Roth. It's just a matter of how, how much pain can we take That's from a exactly, tax standpoint. That's exactly Thank right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Yeah. 
And you might decide to go up. What you want to do is do a pro forma of what the required minimum distribution looks like out of his IRA at age 72. And let's just assume a 5% growth in the account. And then what's the required minimum distribution? And then decide where that puts you in your marginal tax rate. And as long as you are taking money out and converting it to the Roth IRA at the same or a lower tax rate, you actually do as much as you possibly can. Okay. And a good advisor and should what, be able to what, walk you through that. Yeah, we kind of figured we'd leave his alone and convert mine. Because I've got the longer time until um, requirement. Yeah, because he's going to have to start taking his and she won't. So, And hers is slightly larger. It's probably it's six one half a dozen the other. Yeah, I don't know if it matters. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of the logic behind whether I would care one way or the other. And one thing to consider is rather than having each other listed as primary beneficiaries, having um, uh, a child listed as a um, your child listed as a primary beneficiary on one of them, or or as a set portion up a, of. or set up a separate a separate trust for. Um, the danger there is yeah. There's some dangers, but there's I mean, some danger uh, there. There's some danger there because you're pushing it out of the estate. I mean, in other words, if your husband passed away and that his IRA or his 401k went to your child. And it depends on your child's income. Mm-hmm. So does your child have substantial income now? Uh, no, she's, she's doing a postdoc, but hopefully. Okay. <laughs> okay. She hopefully probably, hopefully she will. <laughs> okay. So if she's doing a postdoc and let's assume that it's a marketable skill, um, not some sort of Sanskrit or whatever like that. Um, don't go there. Okay. okay. I think okay. you need to move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto Rico, you don't have to pay federal income taxes. And I believe that IRA withdrawals are tax free in Puerto so Rico. So there's not, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do. Um, and Besides going to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And I, I don't know, Scott, if I would actually change the beneficiary. It depends no, on I'm what just the just throw it out oh, there. No, no, no. We're, we're circling them. You know, we're just circling the idea. This is, you're thinking about the right things. Yeah. But let's just start with the easy stuff now. Which is the Roth or maybe conversions. just take some out and go spend some. Yeah, yourself. why don't you do that? <laughs> no, take truly. One heck of a long trip. Yeah, why don't okay. you? Or no, in, in all seriousness, look, your your daughter um, is getting her doctorate, right? So she, she's probably going to be in pretty good financial shape. Pat did bring up any any money that you required minimum distributions that go directly to a charity are not taxable. They're not considering your not, they won't go in your taxable income. So. That is something to, to be considering as well. As time goes on, it's like, all right, how much are we going to leave to our daughter? We're we going to leave, you're going to leave it all behind somewhere, right? So, does our daughter going to need it all? And particularly, a, the retirement account is going to get taxed so heavily. Do we have? Do we want to give mm-hmm. some portion of that to uh, a charity? We want to have even part of our contingent beneficiary part of that to a charity? Do we want to have start giving a portion to charity as we go through? Uh, life. So those, those are all are the, things that all to, things to consider. All right. Well, appreciate the okay. calls, Suzanne. Yeah. But and unfortunately, it's no, a, I it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem. It is a problem that you no, need to I, address. I, I do appreciate I, I appreciate your uh, your advice. I take it to heart. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you. Suzanne. Glad you do. That's that makes feel good about showing up and doing the show all the time. Let's head to South Carolina and talk with Mark. Mark, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I appreciate you taking my call. Big fan of you guys. Listen to you every week. Oh, good. Thank um, you. I, I kind of need more of it's more of an opinion than a question. So I'm looking at buying a second rental property. I just bought my first one last year. Uh, kind of under your advisement, I call into the show and you guys kind of walk me through it. So I moved forward with the one last year and it worked out great. Got a great runner in there. It's going really well. So I'm looking to buy another one. My fear is liquidating a big chunk of my emergency fund to do this. So I want to know if, should I keep my emergency fund sitting in cash? See, should I invest this well, in let's, a rental property? No, no, so, so remember, right? Remember, it's an asset that you're buying that's producing an income. So and there's the, a renter in there. Yeah, and the decision you made last year may have been the right one to purchase that particular property at that time at that time it may not make sense so before we talk about the funding of the particular rental property tell us about what the economics of the of this particular rental will look like so let me tell you let me i'm already under contract so i went under contract on it yesterday 
Um, it's a, a hundred thousand dollar condo. Uh, rent, mortgage all in will be about nine hundred. I can potentially get about thirteen hundred a month in, in rent. So how much how much are you putting down, and how big is the mortgage? Uh, fifteen fifteen percent. Um, so I'll carry about an eighty six thousand dollar mortgage. You put fifteen percent down. Um, out of pocket with closing costs can be right around twenty thousand dollars. I have about thirty thousand in cash. How much money do you make? Uh, about one hundred and thirty a year. And how old are you? Forty six. Divorced. Two kids. And lines. Uh, what? How much equity do you have in either your primary residence or your rental property? So my primary residence it's worth about four hundred. I owe two eighty seven. The rental property is worth uh, one twenty. I owe ninety five on. And what's the interest rate on the primary? 3.75. And is it a 15 or 30 year fixed? 30 year fixed. Is this is this condo in this this rental property in the same area as your other rental property? Yes it is, right? Probably 10 miles away. So this is what I think I would do. You owe 287. How much do you have in your 401k? I got about 460 in my 401k. Oh. I have 25 in an IRA. I have 21 in a brokerage account. Okay. And you said you owe 287 on this. Prop- is this a particular good deal on this? I think it is. Yes. And based off the area and the demographics and school district, and um, it's the mo- cheapest and the most affordable place in that area. And the gross rent on this is how much per month? About not rent about 13. I should get about thirteen hundred. So it's so it's probably going to be pretty close to break even. No, because what? Because your mortgage yeah. is nine hundred. He said nine hundred all in, but then you know, deferred maintenance. How old's the condo? It's nineteen eighty, so thirty years old. And yeah. so you nine hundred includes your condo dues, right? That's everything. everything. Taxes. They keep they keep the roof up. Four hundred. So it's forty eight hundred dollars a year. The delta difference between the two. So. Um, the, what you need to worry here's the things you need to worry about. One, uh, the rent uh, being vacant for a few months. Correct. Two, a bad renter in there that thrashes the place. Correct. Um, and just normal. Uh, that and third, I mean, look, look, if we have another major downturn, and but he, eh, but he's pretty, gonna, yeah, 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 you're pretty. So you said you owe two eighty seven on your primary. I mean, you've res- done a nice job saving in your four hundred. How much? How much is your primary residence worth? About four hundred. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I wouldn't worry about the. Um, the and I think cash. I would think I less of of emergency reserve. I would look at. So now you're going to own two rentals. One is some emergency reserve for your own personal family. You, something happens, you can't work for a few months or whatever. But uh, reserve for these investments, such that times when, yeah, ten or fifteen thousand dollars sitting aside, so that if it stays empty yes. for a period of time, or if you need to do a major well, remodel or roof repair or anything like that. And I have that, but that's also my emergency fund for my family. Yeah, I so we're we're just. Job. But we're my sa- other thing is that I have so my backup plan is I have twenty thousand dollars sitting in. Mutual funds, brokerage accounts. That's exactly non, it. Non-retirement that's, that I could access that's, if I need it. That's it. That's why. That's why we're. That's why we're. We're saying go for. And you may have a loan provision on your four hundred one k that you hope not to use, but that you no, could use never. if you needed to. Yeah. And, and by the way, we are. We discourage loans on four hundred one k's, but based right. upon your age and what a good saver you are, it 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 wouldn't. wouldn't and is this a thirty year loan or a fifteen year loan? It'll be a thirty. Yeah, it'll be a thirty. So I was originally thinking that maybe he should refinance out of his primary residence into this, but there's not enough room in there to do that. Yeah. Um, and the rate's pretty that. good. Yeah, um, I about that too. yeah, but you could split the difference if you could lower the rate on your uh, on your primary residence by uh, yeah, because a, a half a percent. Then take some as much cash out of that as you possibly can, and then get a small loan on the on the condo. Yeah. Yeah. The difference there, he may never get his primary residence paid off if that's the. So and the challenge, the 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 thing is now you you may are you taking a standard deduction or you're itemizing still? Itemizing. Oh, you are okay. So anyway, we we uh, I wouldn't worry about the, you know, you're going to save back up the liquid cash and your emergency reserve in a relatively short period of time, and you have a brokerage account, and there's a good chance that you have a loan provision on your four hundred one k. There might be some advisors out there. there, 
Dave Ramsey is quite well known. I have respect for what he he does, and he helps a lot of people. It's it's very he calls it baby steps, right? So it's very basic financial planning. But if you follow his advice, you are not going to get hurt, right? Which is about getting out of debt, paying off your house. You will not get hurt. Um, It's not necessarily. It's not clearly not the only way to build financial independence. So I look at you, Mark. You're 46. You're divorced, which is always a disaster financially. Somehow you're still doing okay, right? So you've got equity in your home. You've got roughly half a million dollars saved towards your retirement. It's pretty dang good at 46. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't... Rental property. You've got a good career, which is your best investment. Stable income. So I have personally have no problem with you. And I think you do this by 20 years from now. This condo will presumably continue to increase in value. The loan balance is going to get smaller. The rents are going to increase. It's a, it, you'll and turn it into a stream of it'll income. It'll be a nice income when you, when you retire. Start my retirement portfolio yeah. for my kids. When, yep. 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 Um, I had a quick, another quick question and this might be a dumb one, but what is the repercussions for over contributing to your 401k? You got to pull it back out or there's a 50% penalty. Yeah. But normally you know, does that include uh, employer contributions? Uh, well, employer contributions, so you can, the maximum contributions are 50 some odd thousand dollars. Employee, employee contributions are limited to uh, 18,000 bucks, something like that for 2000. And, um, so and, I, and, and driven by age and every plan is a little bit different because they have what's called uh, discrimination testing on plans. So we could tell you what the numbers are and your plan might be completely different based upon discrimination testing. But should I do anything about I ever contributed in 19 by like a thousand, two thousand dollars. Should I worry about it? They, Last did, year you did? Yeah. Didn't didn't did the plan notify you? No. How how do you know you over contributed then? Because I was looking at my statements and in, in going into December and I was gonna get a big bonus check in December. So I cut my contribution rate down and I ended up still going over. And did you, know, you go in? Did it go in on, on an after-tax basis? Yeah. After-tax? No, we're in pre-tax. Yeah. So you can only... nineteen. It was 19000 for 2019, $19,005. You got the dollars need to come out. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't... You're yeah. bl- normally, the, them, the plan would normally... I think they have to. Fidelity. So it's through fidelity. I'm, okay. Well, I'm well, just... That, normally. So call the plan administrator and ask them... Yeah. Uh, you got to get it out. Yeah. Ask the plan administrator to kick it back. Even to that little bit of money, it's, it'll be taxed at fifty percent. Well, you know, I think they'll yeah. ca- they're going to catch it. Yeah, but you don't have they to will. do it, yeah. and you could roll the dice. Yeah, it's it's going to be on your W two. So I can just pull that money out. Then. Yes, out yeah, yeah, plan? yes, yes. Correct, correct, correct. If if you've yeah. overfunded the plan, normally it's the other way around, where the plan contacts you and says, "Yeah, here's a check." Yeah, yeah. never had that so. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. look into it. All right, yeah, you do yeah. need to look into it. You can't. That's one of those things. They'll they'll, they'll eventually catch it. What you don't want to do is have this go on and then pay penalties for uh, years. As time goes. On. Yeah. So I, and frankly, whether they're going to catch it or not, that's two thousand dollar mistake. That's that's material. And I'm always kind of I don't. My last thing I want is the to worry about the IRS coming back after me for anything. So when you when you find out you made a mistake somewhere, you fix it. it. But fix it. I mean, just fix life's going to go better. Yeah, fix it. Fix it. I mean, we've seen people. Oh. <laughs> seen fight, I could fight tell you stories. 10, 15 oh, years. Oh, my. Yeah. Seen fight with the IRS. Oh, gosh. And next, we're talking with Lucy. Lucy, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Hi. How can we help you? So I had a question um, regarding my daughter. She has, she's 23 years old, and she has um, some money that she wants to put aside, um, invest, and make some some uh, earnings on it. Um, and I didn't know if maybe a CD would be appropriate, and if so, what type of CD? Where did she get the money? She uh, through her earnings, her her employment. And does so she work full time? Yes. And the, does the company have a 401k or a 403b available mm-hmm. to her? No, she's in, she's actually going to be, well, I don't know if the, they offer it now. Uh, the job that she's at doesn't offer it now, but the job she's getting, we're not sure. And how much money she saved? 
Um, probably about 12000 Wow. Good for her. And what does she want these dollars yeah, what, to do for? What, what, does she, what would she like to see these dollars do for her? Well, right now they're in a savings account, and of course she's not earning anything on it, not, not very much but, on but what it. Is, but what's her um, point? What does she want these dollars to provide for her? Does she, want this, does she never want to see it until she's old and in her retirement? Does she want these dollars to help oh, her no. with a, buy a house one day? Wanna- no, so she's she's going to be applying for medical school in about a year or so. Okay. Uh, maybe right. a year wow. And a half. All right. Keep Sounds them, like- keep them so in the she's bank. She's going to need access to it. Yeah. Keep so in- I would go to, uh, if this were my daughter, I would say, go to, you're going to want to keep it safe and in the bank because you're going to be spending these dollars in the next year. Interest rates are just low right now. That's just reality, unfortunately. But if you go to bankrate.com, Bankrate.com. It'll list the highest yielding bank accounts out there, and I would find the highest yielding bank account, online bank account. It's not going to be much. It's probably less than a percent. If it's a percent, more than a percent, it's not going to be for a long period of time. It's just going to be low rate. But you're going to want to make sure that it's there. The worst thing that she could do is put this somewhere with uh, trying to earn a higher return, and then a year from now when she needs it, instead of it being worth twelve thousand, it's only worth eleven thousand or nine thousand. And so, and that, and that's the reality. If you're going to move, anytime you move out of the bank, there's going to be some additional risk. And the, the amount additional you'll be paid on a CD versus a savings account is negligible. I'd stick with the savings account. So it's appreciate the call. Lucy, it sounds pretty awesome. Your daughter's going to, I mean, your 23 year old daughter's got 12 grand saved up and then she's going to go to medical school. So yeah. And some people say we should worry about the next generation. I don't think so. There's a lot of really strong ones. Well, we are up against the clock here. Wanted to let uh, let you all know, we, we at Allworth had spent several months building out our what we call our personalized retirement learning platform, and um, it's not just a series of uh, guides or videos or whatnot. It leads you down a path that's particular that's to your specific situation. It's interactive. Yes, interactive. It will ask you questions. You will answer and it. Provide answers based upon that. Um, and some of our most popular learning tracks focus on building a retirement income plan as well as a Social Security claiming strategy. So if you haven't looked at that in a while, at our website, allworthfinancial.com, it's, I believe it's on our, yeah, it's on our homepage. So you can go, it's right there on our homepage and uh, our personalized retirement learning platform. Oh, check it out. Anyway, we are out of time, unfortunately. It's been fun being with you. We hope everyone has a fantastic Christmas and uh, holiday season, and we will see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.